Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A.K.A. Herb Teasy. Welcome into hour two of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Getting you set for LSU in South Carolina tonight at 6 p.m. in Death Valley. Kickoff right here on WWL with the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair. And uh, LSU's going to have a true freshman under center. Miles Brennan is banged up. T.J. Finley inserted as the starting signal caller. The first true freshman to start under center for LSU since Herb Tyler. Herb, what was going through your mind? What was that, 1992, as a true freshman no, making no, your first start? Not, that, that was close, but 1995, you dated me a little bit oh, too many years. Back sorry. Then. I'm not that old yet, no. okay? All right, 1995. Um, <laughs> well, look, mine was a little bit, um, I guess, a little bit different. Um, because TJ kind of was, you know, if you look at it, TJ and Max were, I guess, battling for that number two job the whole offseason in well, well, what little of an off season that they had, and then uh, during the, the last three or four weeks of, of practice uh, during the season, so they, you know, they were actually getting a little few more reps than I was. I was actually playing scout team ninety percent of the time, um, trying to give our defense a good look. So what was going through my mind was just don't screw it up. You know, uh, remember that it's just football. Play the game like you've always played it. Enjoy it. Have fun. Uh, be athletic, uh, be fast, be quick, um, you know, just, just, you know, step back and throw the football. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a little bit different again in the fact that I had some great senior leadership on our team back in 1995, which was awesome for me um, because those guys really wrapped their arms around me and said, look, dude, we've seen you practice, uh, you know, every day for the last, I don't know, it was like six, seven weeks or whatever it was. Um, and 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 we know what you can do and what you've done against us. All you got to do is the same thing on the field on Saturday nights. And uh, it, it was awesome. Those guys really rallied behind me. And the other thing was the coaches really told me that, you know, I was their guy and that they wanted me to, to do well and, and play well. So anything I needed, it, it was, you know, at, they had it. And I had it at my disposal for – Whatever, whatever I needed, and um, and they put 
they didn't put a lot of pressure on me. We had Kevin Falk. We had um, uh, Kendall Cleveland running the football at the time. Uh, we had a great offensive line. We had really great tight ends and Nikki Savoy and, and, and David LaFleur. Uh, then we had Shedrick Wilson, uh, you know, playing in a wide out and Eddie Kennison. So I had some really great talent around me. So at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that those, that, that I gained the trust and the belief of the guys that was playing with me and the trust and belief of the coaches. And that's the only thing that was going through my mind. Herb, let's hope that TJ Finley takes that same approach. I know, his coaches outwardly believe in him. Coach O has said that several times. And I'm excited just because, look, I think Miles Brennan is the best chance for, for LSU to win this season and next. But you'll get a, little, yeah. a, a good glimpse as to what the future might look like for T.J. Finley and Max Johnson in, in an LSU Tiger uniform. I don't want to see – I don't wish any ill will on Miles Brennan. I don't, I'm not happy or celebrating whatsoever that he's injured and not available – but from a perspective of seeing what's what's behind him, I think that's intriguing to me. Hopefully, T.J. Finley plays uh, mistake-free football or is about as, as mistake-free football as you can. Herb, I, I know that, again, this is a largely an LSU show, a college football show, but something that I think you, you're, you're pretty passionate about, I know I'm passionate about, and that's high school sports, high school football in particular. And I was glad to see uh, that this bill from the legislator, legislature failed to get out of the House uh, during the the special session. Louisiana lawmakers uh, basically found an effort to, in an effort to put Louisiana lawmakers directly into the state LHSAA um, on the board, failed. I'm glad it did because I don't want lawmakers governing high school football either. I just don't. That's not their place. I don't want them. I don't want them doing that. What they need to do Herb, honestly, has passed legislation to make sure that those investigators for the LHSAA that are investigating the, these things, these cases, are better trained. That's where the focus needs to be. I'm glad to see that bill didn't pass. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it sounds like a little bit too much, like, you know, some things that doesn't need to happen. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, at the end of the day, uh, the LHSAA has – has has is like the NCAA of Louisiana high school football, and you know they have to be able to ensure that whatever information that they get about a particular institution or school or whatever that's going on is actually true, and that they have actual viable evidence against whatever that particular school is, so they can make the right decisions to do whatever. At the end of the day, man, these are kids; these are high school kids. Um, in some instances, they're being taken advantage of by certain coaches or whatever, whatever, but it is what it is. I just think that the kids have a right and deserve a right to to have a fair and just opportunity to play the game, whatever the sport is, no matter what it is, and without any, uh, you know, adult uh, interruptions, if you will, if you want to call it that. Um, I hear what you're saying. From an outside entity that doesn't really has anything to do with it other than a political gain or whatever. So I just really think that the kids had, you know, it's kids, man. Let them have fun. This is supposed to be one of the greatest times in their life. High school football, basketball, baseball, track, soccer, or whatever the sport is, volleyball, you know, tennis. It, it doesn't matter. Allow the kids to be able to be productive because they may not ever be have an opportunity to do it again after their senior year in high school. So. I just want everything to be fine for the kids. All right, we'll get back to LSU next with Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. He's the publisher there. 
This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. I just want to let this play for a little bit. I'm with it. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. It is LSU and South Carolina at 6 p.m. right here on the home of the Tigers on WWL. We welcome in now friend of the program, Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, how are you? Doing well, man. Another another Saturday, great weather. Sitting back, ready for some football. Indeed. We got Herb Tyler alongside as well. You know, TJ Finley's the first true freshman quarterback to start at LSU um since Herb Tyler did it back in nineteen ninety five. Did not know that. If he could only have half the career Herb had, this this programs in, in good standing. Well, let's just hope he doesn't have to take over right now. <laughs> let's hope that Miles yeah. Brennan can come back next week or as soon as possible because, you, as you know, Jimmy, Miles has been having a phenomenal uh, start to the season uh, before this injury. And this is something else, too. I, want, I don't know if y'all realize, I think I realized when he actually got hurt. It was a play, I think, early in the second quarter, and it was very, very eerily similar to the type of tackle that Tua Tagovailoa got hit on. I don't know if you guys noticed that or seen that. And uh, he kind of got up limping or whatnot. And he played through it, which was amazing. But I'm just glad and happy that he did not get hurt in that man. Yeah, and, and it sounds like that kind of injury tear in the abdominal region is what seems to be uh, the word out there. I mean, if he doesn't have a sports hernia in Yet, I mean, that's something they would have to be concerned about moving forward if it, if that indeed was the injury. So, um, yeah, I mean, you would hope you don't have to hand the reins over to a true freshman. Miles Brennan came yeah. out, answered a lot of the questions regarding uh, if he was ready or not. He's been uh, pretty dang productive um, in his first yeah. few starts at LSU. So, uh, you know, you hope you don't have to hand it over to T.J. To Finley. But at the same time, I, I think the LSU coaches would be fine if TJ played so well, it created a controversy of sorts. So Ooh. I think they would take that as well. You can never yeah. have too much talent, too many uh, capable bodies in, in that position group. So, And I think TJ has that kind of ability. I mean, he, he plays with confidence. He can make all the throws. If he, if he gets going early, I've seen hot TJ Finley before um, surrounded with talent, and, it, and it's scary. It's scary. And so, um, you know, if he gets comfortable early in this game, I mean, it could make things interesting down the road if he does find success. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, uh, you tell us what kind of SC football team is coming in town in the Baton Rouge. Yeah, it's a a fairly balanced team. I mean, you're going to see a heavy dose of of Colin Hill, the quarterback, it's a guy LSU will probably be able to get to. He's been sacked 11 times this year. He's he's had quite a bit of pressure, and it seems to be a mix of him maybe holding on the ball uh, a little too much. Um, some of that, I think, is I don't know if he has a lot of options at the receiver position. Uh, Shai Smith gets a, a heavy dose of the passes his way. I mean, he's got, I think, 34 receptions on the year. I think second on the team would be their tight end, Nick Muse, who has, I think, 12 or 13 catches. So it's that kind of discrepancy uh, between him and the other receivers in that group. And um, But these running backs, I'm telling you, LSU's had a, a difficult time against the run this year, part of it tackling, part of it gap integrity, things of that nature. Um, they LSU's uh, front seven better bring their lunch bills today. These two backs, uh, you know, Kevin Harris and Deshaun Fenwick, these guys are, are loads, 220-plus. 
Um, Harris yeah. is, is lower body, uh, lower gravity, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but he packs a punch. So if they're not tackling well, USC has a, a good enough running game, um, and you're allowing their questionable pass protection offensive line to not really be put in a lot of vulnerable uh, positions. So I think LSU really needs to stop the Gamecocks running game uh, and see if they can get some pressure on, on, on Colin Hill. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. And Jimmy, if you saw a lot of uh, T.J. Finley at Pontatula, also in the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit. Uh, just describe his strengths and his weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, T.J.'s a, a, a guy that can make every throw in the football field, and he could at an early age. And often what comes with that is a lot of confidence and maybe at sometimes um, – too confident, you know, thinking he can force balls in there and things of that nature. Um, but when he has talent around him, TJ works within the system and allows those guys to make plays. And that's something I always liked about him um, in the seven on seven setting. You know, he didn't have a very good team at Ponchatoula. Uh, they weren't really built for the passing game. And, and so it, he wasn't really able to do the things he could do. And when he was working within a system with talent, um, he just seemed to be a different quarterback, and, and and that's what I'm saying. I mean, he was a little bit streaky at times. I've seen I've seen his con, I've seen his um, consistency and accuracy uh, waver at times. But if he gets going, um, and he starts playing with that confidence, and he's and he's playing on his toes, and he's playing uh, energetic football. I mean, he could be deadly. So, and that's what I'm saying. I I, I really believe there's a chance here. TJ could light things up and really shock some people today. I think there's potential for that. And I know the LSU coaching staff would love it, and the fans would be amused, but it could create uh, some controversy down the road if it indeed happens. Ooh, man, it's a good problem, but something you don't really don't want to deal with uh, is the you know splitting of your team with one quarterback or the other and splitting your fan base with one quarterback or the other. That's a real Listic possibility, according to Jimmy Smith at TigerDetails.com with T.J. Finley, under center as a true freshman today, getting the start for a banged-up Miles Brennan. Herb, you got anything for Jimmy? You know, Jimmy, you talked about South Carolina's run game, um, you know, over the past couple of weeks now. You know, we've had a chance to kind of just, just sit back and say, okay, why did LSU only run the ball four times in the first half and then I think another 16 mm-hmm. times in the second half? Do you see – um, including with a freshman quarterback playing today, do you see Coach O, the offensive staff, trying to establish a run game early here in this particular game? Absolutely. That's going to be T.J. Finley's best friend. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of options around it, but his best friend today is going to be those backs behind him, whether it's Ty Davis, uh, John Emery, whoever it might be. It seems to be a committee-type situation here. Um, yeah, they really need to lean heavily on that running game, and, and it'll make things a lot easier for TJ in the passing game. Um, you know, get away from those third and longs and, and a lot of those pressure packages and, 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 ha- and keep the defense off balance. And that's the thing I think LSU has to be careful with today. As they have this freshman quarterback, I think South Carolina is anticipating a heavy dose of the run. Don't become uh, boring in your play calling. You know, right. um, let let TJ throw on some running downs and maybe see some 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 better defensive sets that allow for that. Um, if they start getting a third and eight, and I expect South Carolina to bring a lot of pressure and things of that nature, and 
and then you're really, you know, sticking it to the freshman quarterback here. So I think, uh, you know, they really need to get out in this running game and, and keep the South Carolina defense off balance with play calling. I don't know how much they need to run this pass as much as it might be to mix it up and just keep that defense off balance. Herb, Jimmy and I talked uh, – I mean, Jimmy – Herb and I talked about this last hour. Nick Saban saying today that you win more with offense than defense, and we're seeing it in, in, in college football. Mm-hmm. Scoring's way up. LSU's defense is not very good at all. I mean, Tulane has a better total yard defense than LSU. Uh, Alabama's not too far behind or, or in front of LSU in total defense as well. So do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think it's as simple as this. We, I think not many would debate that last year's LSU team wasn't at least top three in modern college football, right? Um, at no point last year did any of us think LSU's defense was really good. You know, so I think that right there says all we need to know about where we're at. And, I mean, I think defense, it might be over. And and I say that simply based on I don't know how the heck you design defenses to slow down the diverse attacks in the offensive game today. I just don't know what any if anybody will ever be able to figure it out. And when you have that much that much speed spread out with these dynamic quarterbacks. And I just don't know if there are answers, especially with the rules favoring offenses now too. So defenses are handcuffed and now they're dealing with these diverse schemes that I just don't know if anybody will be ever be able to figure it out. Um, You know, and it's just, it's turning into seven on seven. When we lined up in seven on seven, it was simply, Hey, if we get two or three stops, we'll, we'll probably win. And that's almost what it's start, starting to look like when you see these elite offenses go against each other. If we can just get a few stops today, we have a shot to win this game. And, and it's quite different than maybe even just 10 years ago. But I think that's, that's what it is today, and I think that's what it's going to be for the foreseeable future, if not for a long time. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. I asked you this earlier in the week, but I want to reiterate it. Given the direction the program's headed right now, or the year, I should say, they're headed right now, it doesn't look all that great. When does that start impacting recruiting? If they had another year next year similar to one I think everybody feels like they're going to have this year, would that begin to erode the recruiting in 2022 and 2023? Yeah, I think if, if you were to end this year with a lot of question marks moving forward, five-and-five five type um, team, um, you know, maybe some rumblings about disgruntled fans and, and is coach possibly getting on the hazy despite only being a year removed from national championship. If you start hearing that kind of talk, what you're doing is creating a sense of concern for the 2022 prospects. And a lot of those guys will go into wait and see mode. They might feel good about LSU. They're just not a hundred percent sure because they're hearing the chatter. They saw the product on the field. Um, then you'll start having some, some some kids question it and want to see it play out over the year. And, and so it starts to complicate things. So uh, they really need to get on the ball here. I don't think it's going to, uh, unless they completely implode, I don't think it's going to affect the 2021 class too much. Um, but certainly a 500-type season is going to impact their 2022 class. And they're going to need to really respond next year on the field to kind of reverse that trend and, and prove that they're here to stay as an elite program. Jimmy, what's on the site right now, man? Yeah, all the previews for the game. Uh, a lot of new offers. LSU offered uh, Jack 
Besh from the Besh LSU Besh family uh, from St. Thomas More. Um, you know, a hybrid receiver, possible flex tight end type at the college level, uh, committed to Vanderbilt. So getting updates on that. Uh, I had some exchanges with Jack earlier. So uh, all your recruiting updates, uh, previewing the game, going live with a lot of game thread here shortly, um, providing up to up to the moment and analysis throughout the game. TigerDetails.com. TigerDetails.com is where you can find that. Jimmy, who you got today? I've been back and forth. I actually picked uh, South Carolina 33-31 a couple days ago on the site. Um, I think this game is going to be a one-score game either way, coin flip. If I had to put money on it today, I think I might go Gamecocks just because of all the uh, question marks on LSU's defense and you have a freshman under center for LSU. Jimmy, great stuff as always. Thanks, man. Take care, guys. All right, Jimmy. All right, we will step away and come back here. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Earlier in the week, Wes Mitchell of GamecockCentral.com and I mixed, mixed it up, mashed it up over this LSU-South Carolina matchup tonight in Death Valley at 6 p.m. Here it is. Going heavy LSU-South Carolina this hour. Wes Mitchell joining us from GamecockCentral.com. Wes, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good, good. All right, glad to have you. Um, thanks for carving out some time for us. Yeah, anytime. Obviously, uh, everybody around here is pumped uh, for what's kind of become a really big game for the South Carolina team all of a sudden. <laughs> You're not kidding. They jumped out 0-2 and have won two straight. Nice win last week over Auburn. Uh, what's changed from week two to now? You know, I think um, the, the blueprint has sort of been the same. Um, you know, I think you look at the first couple of games and, and they competed and, um, you know, the, the way the game sort of played out was, was kind of similar. But I think you look at this game this past week against Auburn and, um, you know, they they just made some plays late. They created some turnovers and, and they kind of found a way to win, you know, win the game. I, I think if you look at sort of how this South Carolina team is structured, uh, it's not going to be a very flashy team. They're not a team with a ton of playmakers on offense, so they sort of just have to possess the ball. Uh, you know, time of possession is sort of big with them. They have to not turn it over themselves. They have to be really good in the red zone, and they sort of just have to follow that blueprint to win games. So I do think they've also been able to build a little bit of confidence, which is obviously big when you finish last year on a losing streak and then, of course, start this year on a losing streak as well. Has word traveled up there that LSU is going to start T.J. Finley, a true freshman, at quarterback, in, in place of an injured Miles Brennan? Yeah, it has. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, from, from what Will Muschamp has said throughout the week, obviously we haven't really been able to talk to him since the actual word came out, but he did talk about all three quarterbacks earlier this week, talked about Brennan and Finley and Max Johnson and all those guys. And he he tended to sort of think that the offense for LSU won't change a whole lot schematically. Obviously, they've gone back. They've looked at high school tape of, of both of the freshmen. They actually had offered and recruited uh, Max Johnson. Um, so South Carolina, I think, was really familiar with him. But, you know, they're just going off of what they have. And uh, I think, obviously, anytime you're you're facing a, a guy that's never played before, it's it's going to be different. You don't quite know what to expect, but they're going off of whatever information they can get to sort of build their game plan. He's a big old boy, six foot six. He's pretty mobile, but he can throw it. Uh, I, I don't know if, if, if Muschamp said that as well. Yeah, you know, he, he spoke very highly of, of both of the freshmen. And I, I know um, 
Ed Orgeron has as well. I was listening to his, uh, you know, press conference earlier this week, and he said they're NFL arms. And, um, you know, Muschamp seemed, seemed to be impressed with, with both guys and, and really was impressed, I would say, with, with just LSU's offense as a whole and what they've done to start the year. Um, really talked up, obviously, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. And um, Eric Gilbert is another one they're very familiar with. They offered him, I think, back when he was a freshman in, in high school. So, uh, Muschamp uh, seemed very impressed with what this LSU offense has done so far, obviously with a different quarterback, uh, but but definitely impressed with the weapons they have. Wes, as you look at this matchup, where does uh, South Carolina have the advantage over LSU? You know, it's a good question. I think the hope would be from the South Carolina side that LSU is going to continue to struggle, uh, you know, defensively and, and give them the opportunity to maybe make some big plays. Now, um, I think it's it's kind of interesting. For me, that matchup is almost like weakness versus weakness. I think from what I've seen of LSU's defense, they've, you know, made some plays, uh, you know, where they've been able to get off the field by creating turnovers, but they've also given up some big plays. South Carolina, on the other hand, uh, offensively has sort of struggled to find those big plays, whether it's because of just not getting open or, you know, the Florida game, they faced a Florida defense that has struggled and dropped more passes than they have all year long and, and really shot themselves in the foot. So I, I think if you're South Carolina, the, the big question is, can they sort of create some of those explosive plays that some other teams have had success with against LSU? And I think if that happens, you know, they'll, they'll have a chance to win this game. But, um, you know, to me, again, it's sort of like weakness versus weakness, at least from what we've seen so far. How crazy is the SEC right now? I mean, like it's, you, I, I feel like the only team we have a really good read on is Alabama. Yeah, and, well, on the other side of that, I think we, uh, you know, uh, well, LSU played Vanderbilt as well. So, as you all have seen, I, I think um, the, the other team that we have a beat on is Vanderbilt, and that's just they're just not very good. And Yeah, so, I really just exclude them, Wes, just because for that reason, there's not never really expectations for Vanderbilt. Yeah, and so uh, to, to me, I sort of look at it, Alabama is at the very top then everybody's sort of going to beat up on Vanderbilt, I think. And then you, you take all the other teams in the middle, and, and honestly, I, I think you could just throw them into a hat and on any given day, not not just the cliche, you know, oh, any, you know, any given day anybody can beat anybody, but literally you could take about any of these teams, and even if one's maybe a little more talented than the other, all it takes is, is one off day, and any of these teams could beat the others. So, I think it's been fascinating. It's been fun to watch. Maybe isn't too fun for all these coaches having to deal with it every week, but um, it's certainly been entertaining for the rest of us. I was guessing, or I ventured to guess after week two, that Will Muschamp's seat was uh, white hot. I mean, it was super hot. Has it cooled a little at least with two straight wins? Yeah, I would say it has. I think – Certainly, this this last win was was massive for for him and the program and and for the players and, and just everybody around it. I mean, when you're talking about a fan base, I mean, you, you look back to last year, South Carolina had the big win against Georgia, which was you know a national story in college football, obviously. And after that game, they had six games left, and they went one and five with a win over guess who Vanderbilt. So. So that's the way the year ended. And then, of course, South Carolina starts the year 0-2. So it's kind of a situation where, I mean, this fan base had gone a long time since 
they had really experienced what they experienced this past week, and, and that was a you know a big win over a, a solid opponent. So uh, I think certainly things have have sort of settled down as far as that goes. There's a little bit of renewed excitement. Um, you know, we, we've actually just we've been watching our our podcast and message board numbers spike this week, and you can literally see that people around here are more excited about football again when it was just sort of here we go again to start the season, I think. So it's kind of one of those things where now they have this opportunity against LSU. Can they take advantage of it or not? And then, you know, South Carolina goes into their bye week next week. So they could be a surprise three and two team with a a chance to get really healthy and, and make a run down the stretch. Wes Mitchell, GamecockCentral.com. Wes, um, who you got? Who you got in this game? Oh, man. Um, I tell you right now, if I if I had to make a prediction, I would still think LSU finds a way at home. I think it's going to be a close game, y'all. This South Carolina team, you're going to see, it's not really ever flashy, but they just sort of compete. They're very hard-nosed. Um, they're going to run the football. Even when they don't run the football very well early on, they sort of just keep pounding away at you. So I, I'm thinking it's a fourth-quarter game. Honestly, whoever makes plays late or avoids mistakes late will win this game. But uh, if, if you absolutely made me had to pick, you know, I'd probably give probably give LSU a, a three-point win maybe. Wes Mitchell, great job as always. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, Wes is with GamecockCentral.com. Caught up with him earlier in the week on Sports Talk. And, Herb, I think he accurately nailed down South Carolina's football team. They're scrappy. They're going to compete. And if LSU's not in the right frame of mind, they could fall. They could find themselves falling to one and three quickly. I think he absolutely did, and and you know he was barking up the same tree I was barking up. It's like whoever's going to make the plays that count going down the stretch is who going is who is going to win this game, unless you know something uh, just miraculously happens to LSU's defense and where they just become a stone wall, which we don't believe is going to happen um, right now. So. I think that, you know, in my prediction, my score is really close as well. And I think it's going to come down to the final five minutes of the fourth quarter and see who's going to win the game. I really, truly do believe that. Um, you know, And the thing about South Carolina is the backs was against the wall a couple of weeks ago, and they came out swinging. And they, they found a way to win some games. And that's what good teams do. You know, is South Carolina a good team? We don't know. We're going to continue to watch them play. But over the course of the past two weeks when the backs was against the wall, they were a good team and they found a way to win. Uh, you can't win every game flashy. Uh, you know, there's going to be some, some, some wins or games that you play where you're going to have to just put your foot in the mud and, 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 and do what you can to win it and scrap it out. And that's what they've done. And I think that he's right. You know, they're coming to Tiger Stadium. Uh, LSU is coming off a week uh, where they were thinking they were going to go to Florida and play Florida. That didn't happen. Um, they came off, you know, they still have that sour taste in their mouth from the loss at Missouri. So what are you going to get? These, I think I, I, I hope that LSU comes out with a chip on their shoulder and wanting to prove something to everybody, especially to South Carolina. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We will give you some more scoreboards, college football scoreboards, when we return here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. Herb, I'm going to get back to the scoreboard in a minute. But first, LSU banned Odell Beckham Jr. two years yep for his antics after the national championship game where he was handing out real money as much as $2,000 of real cold, hard cash to players. And even then, going back to it and looking looking at it, 
it shows you how out of touch Odell Beckham Jr. is and really how selfish he is. That's not his moment. He made that that national championship celebration postgame his moment when it wasn't his moment. That was Joe Burrows. That was um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, Patrick Queens. It was their moment. It wasn't. It wasn't his. And it, 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 I'm glad they did it for two years. They they banned him from any uh, LSU sporting activity for two years. I think it was the right move. Do you? Well, first and foremost, let me say this. I love Odell. Odell's a really good guy. He truly is. He just sometimes he makes some mistakes. We all make mistakes. He's young. He's still going through some difficult times and things of that nature. Let's say that. You're absolutely right. Um, it was not about him. I think he did make it about him. Um, but, you know, at, 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 some, at some point, you just have to just learn to understand how things go in the moment, right? Um, the, he knows that he shouldn't have been giving anybody any money. Anybody who's played, you know, major college football or basketball or whatever, they know what the NCAA is all about and how that can affect certain things. Um, the, you know, the two-year ban, it's its a lot. I think it's, it's, you know, excessive. But at the end of the day, LSU did what they thought was right, and I stand behind LSU no matter what. Um, you know, you're, it was Joe Burrow's night. It was, uh, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson's night, um, Patrick Queen, all of those guys, including um, Jamar Chase and everybody else that was on that team. It was their night. It was – our night as well in regards to alumni to feel proud and to raise up the L's and say, Hey man, LSU is the greatest team for the 2019 season. But Herb, you would have never, if you were there, Herb, you would have never jumped in that locker room, right? And, and, or would you have? I would have went in the locker room, but making sure that I congratulate these guys for what they've done. Not, not, you know, not to the extent of handing out wides of catch. First of all, I don't have wide cast to hand out. First of all, <laughs> second of all, if I did, I would hand it out through the right way, right through the right avenues. In other words, give to the universities, make sure that their locker rooms are perfect, making sure that they have the best fields to work on, making sure they have the right uh, facilities in regards to lifting weights and and academics and all of these different things. That's how I would give my money. Not to say that Odell didn't do that, but you know, in that particular moment, that time, if you're granted access into the locker room or on the field or whatever, you know, represent the university to the fullest and the utmost respect and not take it as an opportunity to kind of build your own self-reputation up. Yeah, Herb, I guess what I was trying to drive at is that I know you well enough to know you're a very humble guy. You would not have been the center of attention in that locker room, albeit no. going in there, going in there to congratulate them, but you'd have made sure they'd have had their moment. Absolutely, because this was their time. It wasn't my time. If I'd have had a uniform on, then I'd have been right with those guys dancing, you know, under the confetti and all of that other stuff. But it's not. It's not. What I did in the past helped them get to this point. And I know and I understand that. And I think this is something that Odell is going to be able to to, to, to hopefully learn from in, in, you know, in the future. Because at the end of the day, look, now he can't go to his beloved university at any point for two years. He can't do anything. Literally, like, uh, you know, he can't go to practice. He can't go visit a coach. He can't go visit a friend who is a coach on the staff. Or he can't go, you know, work out at the at the facility. He can't do any of that. And and I know that's going to hurt him uh, deeply in his heart because he, I know how much he loves LSU. And uh, I think if he had to do it over, he would do it, he would do it differently. 
Former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We are two hours in to our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and show breaking down LSU in South Carolina tonight at 6 p.m. right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 